Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of the Helping Children Learn podcast here at the Carbon Lehigh Intermediate Unit Number 21. Today's episode is about the Deaf and Hard of Hearing program known as DHH, and I'm here with two lovely women here who are on opposite ends of the DHH spectrum. We're here with Christine Block, who is a high school teacher, and Teresa Gladfelder, who is an elementary school teacher. Ladies, how are we today? Good. Good. Thanks. <laughs> excited to be here. Yes. Yeah. I- I'm excited for you to be here, too, because I... I am someone who's getting hearing aids in a couple months. And oh. so whenever I speak with your kids, I feel like I wish I knew sign language. Every time I'm with your kids, I'm like, man, I could be the coolest person in the world if I... <laughs> Never even, too late. I yes. know it's not. I know it's There's not. a lot of classes out there. If I could just spell my name. That would be cool. We can that make be, that happen. We that can. Be, we can. Well, whenever I Goals. come into your room, I look up D O M. <laughs> so I got D O M down. But it's interesting because you two do work together sometimes, but you do teach different kids. So whether you're working together or in your classrooms, how we start every podcast is how does the DHH program help children learn? Well, I know in elementary settings, we really focus on giving them their primary language. There's a diverse group of kids that come through and they all have different backgrounds and different experiences. So they come to us with a lot of different languages. Some have more of an ASL structure. Some maybe have more hearing. So they kind of are based off of an English structure. So we have to kind of establish what that primary language is and then we have to focus on it. And a lot of it is the basics of reading, the, the alphabet, just knowing what certain vocabulary is and, and what it means. So we start at that type of a base and then we scaffold from there depending on where they start so that's where our focus is and then my focus for 9 to 12 is what are they going to do after high school and what is the transition and we start transition in Pennsylvania at the age of 13 but my focus 9 through 12 is what do you want to do after and it's absolutely okay for kids to change their mind I don't expect any ninth grader to know what they want to do sometimes they want to be like an NBA basketball player, but they've (laughs) never made the team. That's not realistic, but we go with it. And as they mature and as they go through the program, we find their niche and what they want to do and how to be successful. And my goal for the students when they're leaving my program is for them to have the advocacy skills and work skills and life skills to be able to be self-sufficient and independent and a productive member of society because they all have so much potential. Well, the thing you're striving for, kids who don't even need your services yeah. at 13 are like, I want to be an astronaut. And it's like, <laughs> Correct. but you're not good at science. So we'll work on that. Right. We'll make you something else. <laughs> yes. Right. Speaking on that, though, I want to continue with these new, this core curriculum, I think you you called it, with uh, the transition program. Talk to us about maybe how you're working with your students to get them ready for the workforce. So Pennsylvania rolled out an expanded core curriculum. It's like, I don't know. Lots of pages. Lots it's of pages. Lots of pages. More great pages, pages most though. It's people great. Want to read. Yeah. Wonderful pages. It's great. And um, it's for birth through 22 for all deaf and hard of hearing students. Sure. But I'm really focusing on the self-advocacy piece and the transition piece and looking at how they're going to interview for jobs and get jobs and how you apply for jobs and different skills like that. And what's really nice, a majority of my students attend LCTI. So they have opportunities to go job shadowing, go co-op. One of my students just, two of my students just took the forklift certification and passed, which is amazing. (laughs) So they're learning these real skills. And now I can take what they learned at LCTI and say, okay, you can drive a forklift. 
let's look for a job where you can be the forklift driver because they've just unlocked a skill that many don't have. Mm-hmm. And yeah, whether you can hear or not. Right. Yeah. And one of the students, he's the top forklift driver in the class. Like when he drives, the kids are like, yeah. <laughs> and it's amazing to see that and be so proud of themselves and to mm-hmm. know that they have this skill that makes them marketable to yeah. get a job that they can survive on and become independent with and not have to rely on parents. One of the things I think maybe you probably work on is maybe when they come into your program, is there maybe a confidence issue that maybe I don't think I can do that because I cannot hear as well? A is that thousand percent. You- yes. Yeah. Yes. And they also, um, when they come in, a lot of the times they don't know what they don't know. So they're just blissfully unaware. Yeah. And I see that in high school, they start to understand I don't understand what's happening here. And that's when the advocacy piece, which is so important, really comes into play. And we just worked with Maya Geiger, our social worker, who's amazing. Yeah. Um, The other day, yes, (laughs) about when you go to a doctor and you don't understand what the doctor says because you don't have an interpreter and your mom's not there anymore because you're an adult. Yeah. What do you do? And my students are in these real life situations that we're problem solving in my classroom. That way they can go out and they can be successful. I'm imagining even in your elementary school classroom, confidence issue, especially with the other kids that they're roaming the halls with are maybe not nice or just even at the Unaware. most base level, mm-hmm. not understanding. Yeah. What she said about Maya, Maya also comes in and does the social skills with our group too. So it actually does go hand in hand because they do start to learn some of those advocacy skills at the elementary level. And we are actually working with that with the school and Schnecksville is a great school. The staff there is wonderful. They all want to learn. They all invest in their students to learn sign language. And that helps our students know that there are the people that may be unaware, but they still want to socialize with them. And they build that confidence skills that, you know, yes, we're a little bit different, but we're still accepting and we can do the same things and we can have the same friendships. And they build that social bond there, too. And that builds their confidence. And that's what I wanted to talk to you about with this video that we're going to end up making about, you know, Def Can is kind of uh, a video we made before where I can run, I can jump, I can do math, I can do all this. The, the crux of this video, though, is to show that in a little bit of a different sense of walking the halls, homework, things like that. So talk to us about maybe your vision. How, how do we want to what's like the message you want to relate to these kids? Well, we want to share with the students out there that if you do have a deaf and hard of hearing student in the class, it's not there's one size fits all. We want them to understand the students have a diversity amongst themselves. So they may be able to hear and they may need hearing aids to do that. They may just need sign, but they speak. They may not be able to have hearing aids or an implant or any of those things. And they rely heavily on sign. Like there's just so many different ways that these kids communicate and that the base of the school understands they want to learn. We were sharing with you some of the different ways that you can kind of come into the to their world and meet them halfway and feel welcome and learn the skills that you need to do to build those relationships. And that school I have to say again, even their school song, they made into sign. So like all the kids can learn it and the kindergarten performs it and they all learn the signs and and it's so welcoming and it just really does help the social awareness of the environment that our students are in. And I guess this kind of goes on to as well. There's a graphic that I'm making about access, community and communication. Correct. Access is probably the one that's 
the biggest of them all. I mean, obviously communications number one, but access to communication. I think that's kind of why we're so, why we're hitting the word access so hard on some of these things. Yes. Mm -hmm. It takes a village sometimes, you know, and we're teachers and we're taught and trained in the language. Our interpreters are trained in the language. But I mean, the team that we have right now in general at the IU, we have a supervisor who's been in the field. She understands the language and knows the language. We have uh, assistants that know the language. We have a SLP that knows the language. We have OTs, PTs. They all want to learn. They all try to learn so they can communicate. So it takes away from that indirect communication and it makes it more direct to the students. All of that is so beneficial for the students. And that's where when we have IEP team meetings and we're talking about what's the least restrictive environment, least restrictive environment for deaf and hard of hearing kids, it's so different from another disability. It's their least restrictive is when they have most access to communication. And while it seems maybe restrictive to have them in a classroom outside of their home district, in our classrooms, they have access to language and communication. And my students at the high school, if I give them the opportunity to come back to my room, they will take it 100% mm-hmm. because this is where they feel the most comfortable. And our classrooms are a family. Mm-hmm. These kids grow up together and they love each other. They also fight like brothers and sisters. Absolutely. I've seen it. But, <laughs> I've seen you know, it. We've seen it. But our classrooms are so unique because we give them access to things. And that's what I wish more people who aren't in the field understood. Yes. That when they say, oh, I don't really want to send this student so far away – but what they get in our program mm-hmm. and what they get from this community that we build, yeah. it's just, it's indescribable. And it's so important for them to be successful. It's worth the car ride. It 100%. is. hundred percent. And it's usually a car going to get them anyway. It's not like they're getting on a big boxy bus. Right. Speaking of access, just in general though, I feel like when I'm in your classrooms, I feel like I'm walking into a Spanish speaking establishment <laughs> and I just don't know what anyone is saying obviously with high school kids it's cool to see them communicate because they talk in english and then use sign with with each other but when i'm in your room it's hilarious because i it's funny seeing such small humans (laughs) box out their hands and and really speak to each other and even just saying like thank you it's like oh you're welcome but i like you're welcome and i'm like i don't like i don't even know how to do that (laughs) so that's where access is huge and then they come to your classrooms they know everyone signs in elementary, do you get kids that like just don't want to leave? Yes. Well, I, I have a lot of parents. I do have to say when we have meetings and stuff, one of the first things that they say to me is my kid never wants to stay home even when they're sick. They want to go to school. And I equate that to because we communicate very well with them and the whole environment yeah. does. Not just our classroom, that whole place. It really does. So that's great when kids want to come to school. You know, when you have something that is unique about you and you see it as a uniqueness, not a disability. And once that access is provided, the growth that you see is amazing. And even though your kids are a little older, you probably see that as well. Either they're relieved to come in or they hate to go. Yes, absolutely. And I always say like Mondays are always like the day I get the least amount of teaching done because they've been home all weekend. And when they come in, we can communicate and they want to tell me about their weekend. (laughs) They want to show me videos of a hockey game. Throw the lesson out. Right. What lesson? What lesson? (laughs) It's, and you know, academics are important, but when we're having these conversations, Mm -hmm. we're building vocabulary. We're building their signing. We're building their confidence because we're taking the time to listen to them. You guys are hitting social emotional learning. Absolutely. 
in the, you're giving it a kidney shot. <laughs> it happens 100%. often, often. Because yes. a lot of times when they do come to us, like there's students, especially in elementary, that they're just getting hearing aids. You know, they're still learning yeah. how to use that, learning how to use the FM system, learning how to know their own hearing. What does their audiogram mean? What can they hear? What can they hear if it's not working? How do we solve this? How do we troubleshoot yeah. this? Do we need to have CI surgery? Do we need that? What will that do? You and know? for people at home, cochlear implant, Correct. I'm guessing is what you're talking yes. about. And that's when there's a magnet, I think, on the inside of your skull through... I know. Yes. Uh, I used to work at a place. Our weatherman actually had a cochlear implant. So he told us a little bit, but can you describe to us for the people at home who have no audiology problems in their lives, what's a cochlear implant? I will do my best because I'm not an audiologist, but I'll tell That's you right. what I know. So my understanding a lot with, with hearing aids it's still using the same access point. It's going through your ear, through the eardrum. It's trying to make those hair move to get the, the sound to you, right? It gets that synopsis to fire off. When you use a, a cochlear implant, it bypasses that. You're actually getting it through the implant that they put in, yeah. and it skips going through the actual ear and the tunnel, and it goes into the cochlea, which is in there, and that's what sets off. Okay. The, it's a different pathway to get to the same part of learning language not only for our <laughs> listeners i wanted to know because i've been probably describing it's so that. much more complex than that <laughs> but is. i'm trying to like you got to simplify it i got some... i'm trying to simplify it down a little and bit. the only thing i would add just to keep it simple but to to really hit home learning or listening through a cochlear implant it's using electronic signals which is a different way for your brain to process so the way we would all use a cochlear implant versus another person, it would all impact us differently. Correct. And it's interesting sure. to hear, I have a student who recently had an implant and he hears beeping sometimes constantly. And it's because his brain is still figuring out how to change that beeping, that noise into words. And so Whoa. you don't just mm -hmm. put on Whoa. a... Yeah. yeah. There's like simulators out there that can kind of give you an idea. But right. I mean, that's so one this person's isn't just idea. like... You know, a simple put in hearing. No, you know, it, hearing. It's you're relearning your body. Your yes. your brain yes. neurons are like refiring, yes. reconnecting. It's 100%. a lot of therapy and support yes. that you need once wow. you get the implant done to get activated alone, and then to get it throughout the years to get the best advantage from it. And not that surgery is easy. No, I'm not saying it's easy, but the surgery is like the easy part of it because once you do the surgery, yes, the you are committing through. to follow through mm -hmm. to every year going back to get that CI checked to speech therapy, to just really committing to, yeah. to, to listening. Now, aside from CI and hearing aids, sometimes I wear a necklace in your classroom. I haven't had to in yours because I'm always in there short for short stints. Talk to us about some of the technology and even you with your high school students. What are some technology aside from hearing aids that we use to help us communicate and connect? Well, the, what you put on is what we call like an FM system, a transmitter. So it's a microphone that is synced to that student's yeah. um, hearing aid or cochlear. Sometimes I'll, th I'll wear three of them. <laughs> yeah, because it depends on the systems. There yeah. is a lot of technology, but it's yeah. what that student needs for them. And sometimes it's one versus the other because, you know, I had a student who constantly would lose part of the FM system. And so the district's like, well, maybe let's give her ones that don't have as many pieces. And so there's just there's right. a, it's a very complex situation. But that basically 
gets a direct line to the speaker. So it kind of takes away that cool. background noise. When you just have hearing aids on, it's amplifying everything coming in. Yeah. So when you have an FM on, it, it focuses on the speaker because that's in school what we hope to do. And a lot of them these days, if you you know wear it one way, it's good. But if you put it down flat, it actually pulls in multiple speakers. So, I mean, that stuff's changing and, and more beneficial for our students. So we, we like that. Well, you just got really excited. I and did. For someone who said they weren't <laughs> going to project today, yeah, you're screaming about it. No, that's good. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. One of the things that my students like to do is with their CIs, most of their CIs can connect through Bluetooth. Mm -hmm. So what's really nice, a lot of at the high school, there's a lot of assignments and videos on Schoology and they can sync it right to the computer so it can go right in there, which is really nice. Some students still have to wear an FM to make that connection. But the new, the newer implant, just like technology mm -hmm. changes with our phones, <laughs> the technology with the implants changes every year. Like there's a new iPhone, there's a new CI out there. Yep. And like there's some that are waterproof now. Like the, yeah. the changes that they can make are, are amazing. There is a, the most expensive hearing aid I found, which I cannot really afford, but <laughs> you can hook it up to your phone, right? And then you can have it, just like at the UN, how when someone speaks Russian, or someone speaks Italian or Spanish, that gets converted to whatever language you select. There's a hearing aid that allows that to happen. That's amazing. Which That's is crazy. nuts. That's nuts. So like I, I went to Italy one time and I want to like basically live there, but I always feel again like an outsider because I just can't, I'm on like Duolingo or like yeah, Google right. Translate. Yeah, right. Figuring it out. Uh, you know, gelato, duo, you know. <laughs> um, but... So what I'm getting at is the software. So you guys are dealing with new software probably every day, every week, every well, at least at least every year, right? Yes, and well, that's why we go back to the team. Like we have an audiologist who's wonderful, and mm -hmm. yeah. I can text her. I can take videos if she can't make it. I take videos, and I send it to her. I'm like, how do I troubleshoot this? Because I know basics, but that's not my yeah. main focus of study. So she's always getting back, always coming yes. in. Oh, let me swing by. Let me do this. Let me do that. She reaches out to the parents. I mean, yes, the stronger she, this is. the <laughs> Absolutely. And she always has her like her magical toolbox oh. that she pulls out. Oh, yeah, I got it's I like have Mary Poppins somewhere. You know, like. And she just <laughs> magically magician, does things. Like yes. 13 napkins <laughs> coming out of her thousand <laughs> percent. Instead of napkins, it's just like different hearing aid parts. Yes. So the last the last thing we we talk about before we leave is about your personal experiences. I know we're talking about our students and how you interact with your students, but Dr. Kuhn's, our new executive director, is huge on small W's, small wins. And these are just the little things in a day that happen to you that make you realize, I am so glad I chose in this scenario, DHH. Like, I'm so glad I'm working with these types of kids. Or it could be a slow theme through a year. Do you two want to talk about, do you have a small win for this year and years past that have just solidified your career choice? Yeah, so I had one, it was just uh, two weeks ago, really. I had a student who went to the doctor, and his mom had to leave the room, and he had a hard time communicating with the doctor. And he came to school the next day, and he was frustrated, which I don't enjoy that he was frustrated. But it sparked something in him that we were troubleshooting, okay, would an interpreter help? Would you want to re like write notes back and forth with the doctor? How would you like to communicate? And he reading is a struggle for him. And he said, I would like to be able to write better and read better. And about a month ago, Kristen, she had won a, an intervention reading program for my classroom. And it was just sitting there in the corner, like staring at me. And I was like, hey, 
Like, do you think we could go back to the basics and start to really learn to read? Like go back to phonics. And I, there's a 17 year old student who said yes to reading. And we are sounding out words and we are blending out words. We are going back to the basics. He's willing to do it. He's excited. And I'm so excited to get him to learn to read. That's Huge. And that keeps me coming back every day. Absolutely. And you think of that as an elementary thing most of the time. And, right. and mm-hmm. to have a 17-year-old being brave enough to say, okay, I'm going to revisit this mm-hmm. from something from 10 Absolutely. years ago. Absolutely. Like is this amazing. is reading. And he said, reading is hard for me. It is. Yeah. Reading is really hard. So... Let's figure out Mm -hmm. what we can do to help you become a stronger reader because that's what you're going to need in the future. And he's willing to be challenged and he's willing to step back and not feel embarrassed. He's so comfortable. He's letting me do this. And I love that. The resilience is the the small W here from this this child. That's amazing. Teresa, are you thinking about anything? Yeah, well, there's a lot. There's a lot of little wins. I mean, yours especially, just (laughs) because my room, like the little wins, the stuff you try every day to do, whether it's just even they're gonna get this word, they're gonna know what this word means. Or, but um, there's one that sits in my mind, and it was a goal for a student, and it was for a whole year. It, I had the hundreds chart, but they were all little squares, and she had to put all of the squares in from one to 100. And it was a very difficult task for her. And she struggled for so long and we made it a goal. And all year we just chunked it down, did little by little. And she started to see the pattern. And when she started to see the pattern, I got excited. I was like, okay, we hit something, we got it going. And I will never forget the day. It was like the first time that she did it completely herself. No mistakes, no reversing 13s and 31s, no nothing. And it was completely done herself. The whole classroom, my whole classroom cheered for her. We, we made a huge announcement. We threw like fake confetti in the air Yay. and the, the just the smile on her face. It was like that was a huge win for her. But like the whole class felt it, too. So that one sticks in my mind. But we do we do have a lot of little wins a day. But that was a team win. it felt like because everyone's like, oh, my gosh. And, and at the very least, if they couldn't do it, they were like, OK, I saw her do it. Yes. That means I can do it. Yes. We're absolutely. in the same room with the same people. And I love celebrating those wins that way. I like I will hold everybody in the room because everyone's always doing something different, you know, and and I'll say announcement, announcement. And we will all put the, you know, announcement glasses on and we look to what it is and we celebrate something that somebody does and then that does that helps all the other kids go I know this is hard right now but when I get it people are going to notice that and it's going to be a a proud moment so we celebrate those little wins and and that's what translates to me when they're happy and they see their own success I know and that makes me get my W my small W with your classroom specifically that one kid who was absolutely terrified of my camera when I was working with you and the other girl who is the warehouse worker yes all it took was for me to, it is about patience. Yes. About, hey, come on my side of the camera. You know, I promise I won't put you on camera. I know how to crop people out and things out, but come on this side. Man, he was really, and I was showing him like the focus button, how to turn, how to get more lighting or less lighting. And man, you want to talk about like listening. He was listening with his eyes, man. He was Absolutely. watching me. Yep. And then I just saw him s- somewhat recently and he smiled at me. Oh. Because it was like, who is this guy boldly walking through with the camera? <laughs> you know, so I, you know, I do understand the a little bit of anxiety I bring to a classroom. But your classroom really took me in stride, which is amazing. Yes. So did yours. <laughs> so that's my small W is having your kid come on the other side of me and understand. Then I saw him, I don't know, and he just gave me like a little nod or something. I was like, 
That was a kid who hated me for a minute. There we go. <laughs> that was a kid that's who was scared it. of me. Yeah, so that's awesome. Like we end every podcast or anything you want to add that I'm not asking anything, overarching opinions, thoughts, themes, anything that maybe the person at home you'd like to, someone who, and even in this building who just is not familiar with DHH, something you'd want them to know. I would like everyone to know, like, once they have implants and hearing aids, it doesn't equate to, like, regular hearing. Correct. These kids work so hard to listen. Mm -hmm. It is hard. And they need sign support, and they all need something different. And that's what we really look at, like, giving them what they need. Correct. And sometimes they're tired. And it's just they work really hard during the school day. (laughs) We don't put on those hearing aids or the implant, and it's not a magic fix. It is amazing. Technology is amazing, but it makes them work really hard. And I just, I want everyone to know that and appreciate how hard these kids work. I I would say it's just keep providing the access, be aware of the needs that some students may have and, and welcome to how you can change yourself to also embrace other people's needs. And as a program a whole, we may be like a small program, you know, in, in special ed. Yeah. But we're here and we work hard and these kids work hard and come visit us. Open doors. Come in. We want people to see what we do and we want people to see these kids and their achievements too. Uh, you know, talking about it is one thing, but to experience it live would totally blow some people's minds, I think. To see what the staff does, to see what the students yes. do, it would be amazing. Yes. We love visitors. Ladies, I really appreciate you for coming on. Thank you so much. This was an amazing episode. Thanks for the opportunity yes, to absolutely. let us share what we do in our program. Yeah. Well, and this is a great forum because this isn't a tweet with 140 characters. I could right. never describe <laughs> what goes on in your class. I don't think we can actually <laughs> accurately <laughs> describe that. <laughs> so I do feel like if someone's willing to listen to the conversation and have the conversation, that's the best the absolute best way to learn what anyone does, right? Yes. So, ladies, thank you so much. I appreciate your time thank today. You. This was the February episode of Helping Children Learn here at CLIU 21. Thank you. Thank you.